Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson, live from Washington, D.C., at the open house of the Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Over the weekend, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin traveled to Kiev, where they met with President Zelensky. The visit was not announced by the administration and was shrouded in secrecy. But we wanted to get into what did they discuss, what messages did they send in going to Ukraine, and what comes next during a real critical phase of this campaign as Vladimir Putin continues to try to put a tighter grip on the Donbass region uh, in that eastern segment. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said that President Biden sent them to Ukraine to show the United States support uh, as they met with President Zelensky. President Biden felt strongly that we should find the earliest opportunity just to show uh, in Kyiv uh, our, uh, our support, uh, but also to continue in detail uh, the very important conversations that we've been having with all of uh, your colleagues. I think that it is a critical uh, message in terms of the U.S. support to show up there physically uh, definitely, I think, has an impact both to our allies and to our enemies, by the way, uh, in terms of how serious the United States is, in terms of defending freedom and being helpful uh, to Ukraine as they try to continue to resist uh, the onslaught there from Vladimir Putin and Russia. Secretary Blinken and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin both praised President Zelensky for his courage and for his leadership. The reason we're back is because of you, uh, because of the extraordinary courage, leadership, and success uh, that you've had um, in pushing back this horrific Russian aggression. Uh, and we're honored to be here. The world has been inspired by uh, your courage, your commitment, your professionalism, uh, what you've done. Um, in repelling the Russians in the Battle of Kiev is, was extraordinary and, uh, and it's inspiring, quite frankly, to the rest of the world. I think one of the most important things that was announced over the weekend during this meeting between Secretary of State Blinken uh, and uh, President Zelensky was Secretary Blinken announced that the United States would be reopening the Ukrainian embassy and sending diplomats back in. Part of our commitment going forward 
involves a number of things that I was able to share with President Zelensky yesterday, including the return of American diplomats to Ukraine starting next week. President Biden's intent to nominate a new ambassador to Ukraine, Ambassador Bridget Brink, currently uh, an ambassador, someone I've served with for uh, a long time, deeply experienced in the region. We're doing it deliberately. Uh, we're doing it carefully. We're doing it with the security of our personnel foremost in mind, but we're doing it. I think that is a great message, uh, and obviously they would not be sending diplomats back in if they weren't confident about the security, the ability of the United States to secure and keep those uh, personnel safe in the in the embassy there in Ukraine. Uh, I think that's an important message. Uh, Secretary Austin also outlined uh, goals, the United States goals in Ukraine. We want to see uh, Ukraine uh, remain a sovereign uh, country, a democratic country, able to protect its uh, uh, its sovereign territory. We want to see Russia uh, uh, weakened uh, to the degree that it can't uh, do the kinds of things that uh, it has done uh, in, in invading Ukraine. It has already lost a lot of military capability uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of its troops, quite frankly. And uh, we want to see them not have the capability to very quickly reproduce that capability. Uh, so that's an important uh, message in terms of goals and outcomes uh, coming from Secretary Austin uh, talking about Russia being weakened to the degree that it can't continue to do what they're trying to do in Ukraine. Uh, and that's very important uh, in terms of that uh, overarching goal, I think, an objective for the United States. Uh, Secretary Blinken also said it is clear that Russia has failed. Uh, and continues to fail. And again, I think this is just one of those important messaging thing, both to our allies and to our enemies. In terms of Russia's war aims, Russia has already failed. And Ukraine has already succeeded because the principal aim that President Putin brought to this, in his own words, was to fully subsume Ukraine back into Russia, to take away its sovereignty and independence. And that has not happened and clearly will not happen. So it's not going to happen. That is that is the key phrase there coming from Secretary Blinken. Uh, Secretary Austin uh, talked about the fact that he really believes that Ukraine can win uh, with the right support. That's the key to all of this. What is that right support? We believe that they we can win. They can win if they have the right uh, equipment, the right support, and we're going to do everything we can. Continue to do everything we can to ensure that that gets. Them. So we're we're uh, we're. Engage with the Chad, engage with the Minister of Defense, and as this fight evolves, uh, you know their needs will change. And so, as those needs change, we'd like to be one step ahead, uh, but uh, we're, we're going to be responsive to what the Chad and the Mod uh, believe that they need. So, very important words there from Secretary Austin, uh, talking about this desire to do what I think has been the challenge in all of this. It, it has felt from the beginning that we have always. Uh, been a step behind, you know, giving aid, giving support, providing military assistance, but it was sort of on the back end and just kind of a day late and a dollar short. And so Secretary Austin saying, look, we want to be one step ahead um, on this one, and that would be the real key to it. If we can change the game in such a way that we can be ahead of the game, uh, because my fear is that even the announcements of many of these uh, new uh, initiatives, new funding, new uh, missiles and so on, uh, military support and armament, uh, it takes time. You think about, one, how do you put that all together? How do you get it across the planet uh, and get it to the right places? It takes time. 
And so I, I was very encouraged, very excited to hear Secretary Austin say things are going to change, things are going to involve, but our job now is to get one step ahead uh, so they can be more responsive to the needs of what's going on on the ground. And I, I think that has been probably the biggest challenge. And, and I think part of that challenge came because nobody really thought that Ukraine would put up this kind of fight uh, or that Russia would be this poor in terms of execution. And so many believe that the capital would fall swiftly, that it would be an easy march through for Russia. And it just hasn't been. So, so now if you're armchair quarterbacking, you look back and say, wow, what would have happened had, had they had... Uh, a little more firepower early on. Uh, could they have completely pushed Russia all the way back and caused v- Vladimir Putin to completely abandon his design and and completely retreat? I don't know. Uh, but the fact that we've been kind of playing catch-up all along has been concerning. And so uh, it it is encouraging to me to hear Secretary Austin talk about this new phase and this new desire to be a step ahead uh, rather than a step behind and reacting to situations on the ground, because that will be what determines success and failure, especially as you look at the Donbass region and where Vladimir Putin is really targeting and trying to take control. Uh, finally, from this press conference, Secretary Blinken said that he believes Ukraine will come out of this as a sovereign country. We don't know how the rest of this war will unfold, but we do know that a sovereign, independent Ukraine will be around a lot longer than Vladimir Putin's on the scene. So, uh, again, great great message there from uh, Secretary Austin. Uh, as we watch this thing unfold, sovereign, independent Ukraine will be around longer than Vladimir Putin is on the scene. Uh, that's a great message. That's a hopeful message. Uh, and, again, with the U.S., with other allies' support, I think that is possible. And it's a lot of things that I don't think Vladimir Putin could have contemplated uh, or considered uh, in his very tiny uh, circle, uh, which may be a circle of one. And uh, he is now realizing that there is a great force in that will to have freedom and that that will continue to drive things. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for some bottom-of-the-hour news. When we come back, Elder Jack Gerard of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will join us here uh, at the open house of the Washington, D.C. Temple Special Inside Sources coverage from our nation's capital and the Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985... A woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.